Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. Have you ever launched and got nothing but crickets? Or maybe you're on an emotional roller coaster of highs and lows. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Westgar, and I help online coaches grow and scale their businesses with fun and simple money-making launches. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to run an online business and how you can bring back the fun and simplicity to your launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories highlighting the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success of being in launch mode to make sure you're comfortable and get ready to bench. Welcome to the Oh My God Launcher Podcast. All right. Thank you so much for listening into today's episode of the Oh My God Launcher Podcast. I have another guest with me today, and today's Amy Baker, who is a uh, financial advisor and money mindset coach. Um, welcome, Amy. Thank you for having me. Oh my God, That's you've launched enough. a podcast. This is um, really cool. <laughs> yeah, this is so cool. And you launched a beta course, so that's really it awesome. Is. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk a little bit about mindset and, you know, the limiting the beliefs that we have. Um, and that is definitely a very interesting topic that could, um, we could probably get into a rabbit hole there. Oh, 100%. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh, before we get into that, why don't you just give us a quick introduction of who you are, who you help, and how you help people? Yeah, well, um, as you stated, I'm a financial advisor and I'm a money mindset coach. I got into mindset coaching a few years ago because I would catch up with clients with their annual review meetings and get really frustrated that they hadn't really done stuff that they were supposed to do on their end of implementing the advice. For example, they may have been supposed to pay down the mortgage a certain amount per month, but they weren't doing that or contribute more to their, you know, retirement savings, but they weren't doing that. And I was starting to question my skills as an advisor, but I also at the same time was researching Mm -hmm. about people's behaviors. I found myself going down that rabbit hole. First, it was about behavioral economics, more on the grander scale of um, you know, how the markets move. Now we're seeing a lot of that right now in this crazy financial world market that we're mm-hmm. in. Um, and that just, you know, it shows how people's fear is amplified um, when there's a level of uncertainty in, you know, all, world yeah. economics. But it was really more about the individual. So uh, it sort of got me down that rabbit hole, first wanting to understand the mindset, but realizing that there's so much science to this and it was really subconscious and that our our brains are designed to keep us safe. And so when it comes to financial decisions, in fact, when it comes to making any change in our lives, we've got to sort of step out of our comfort zone um, and our brains don't like that. Our brain, we've got to tame the mind basically. (laughs) Um, And so I kind of fell in love with this idea of, hang on a minute, we've got to tame the brain. We actually are completely in control. And if we understand some of our patterns, behaviors that we've been programmed with from our childhood, our money stories, then we can actually reframe our financial futures. And that's, again, something we use in not just our finances, right? So, you know, when I was, you know, online, we were chatting, I was thinking, I would love to talk about this from a perspective of those who want to step into maybe even starting a business, but even the idea of launching 
an online course or putting yourself out there online to market whatever it is that you're bringing to the market, that can be very hard for people and very scary. So if we understand why we're not actually taking this action, then it might help you get that fur- you know step further in growing a little bit to actually jump in the deep end and work out that you can swim, so to speak. Mm-hmm. How was the, I mean, when you started to see that in the sector that you were in and you started to present that, you know, well, we have to look at the mindset of how you're behaving. How was that? Um, how did they respond to that? Initially, I had it as separate offering. Um, so I was either mindset coaching, for, like money mindset coaching um, or okay. financial advising. And I felt over time that they would sort of cross-pollinate, for lack of better wording, and and that happened faster Mm. than I expected. (laughs) One day I had um, a client, actually I think it was about a year ago, she came to me and she was um, had this sort of attitude that money was gross and just didn't want to deal with it, didn't want to look at it, Uh, had debt with family members, had no you know, confidence about talking about her finances to her partner. Um, But once we unpacked what was actually really going on and we looked at her childhood, her money stories, we started seeing all her patterns of behaviours, it became really apparent to her how easy this was to to shift. Um, What was for me, I started seeing that pretty quickly, but for somebody else to start seeing that, and she shifted so fast. In six months from us doing that work, she went from being in debt, debt free, purchasing her first home with her partner, getting engaged, having an open conversation with him about money and having a very different relationship with money, far more on a space of gratitude and a, a mindset of abundance versus that it's, you know, ugly and whatnot. And when I started, when I saw that transformation in that one person, I was like, right, I've got to work out how I can weave this into the advice that I'm giving clients. Now, not all clients are going to go, yeah, I need this. Like I get a high, I've got some high net wealth clients that I work with. Um, I've got existing clients that'd be like, what the hell are you speaking about? Because I've, I've brought the podcast in and every single week, some, you know, they get in their inbox, me talking about money mindset or some level of, you know, financial literacy, they're getting fed this anyway. And what I'm doing is new clients that are coming on board. More so I've got a, a range of female sort of clients that are in that what we call the accumulation space so stage. So, you know, we're looking at 35 to around 50 where they're really starting to want to do something with their money so that they grow their wealth and retire comfortably or at least be debt-free, um, you know, and feel like they have a sense of control. Mm-hmm. And they're the women that I've been really working with on reframing the language and behaviors and those thoughts and beliefs that um, they've been programmed with in their childhood to have a better, more positive relationship with money whilst building their financial sort of roadmap, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that kind of pops into my head is that, you know, it sounds so simple. Oh, you just, you know, be grateful for the money you have and your money flows to you and all that stuff. It, you know, it sounds so simple, but is it that simple? I mean, is it just a mindset shift and then, then you're good to go or is it, you know, Obviously, there's more to it. I would way more say. to it. Um, it isn't that simple. <laughs> if it were, uh, I would be 
I don't know, a fairy godmother sitting on top of Everest Mountain going, woo, I've done it, I've made it, like I've climbed the mountain and I've conquered and I'm sort of in that space of nirvana or whatever it may be that people seek for that point of I've, I'm here. When we are coaches, we also have to do the work ourselves and I'm constantly being challenged in some way, shape or form, When even, even with my own money story and my own stuff. But when we're going through this, it isn't something you just go, all right, now I have the tools and I'm fixed. It's about programming a lifetime of stories and thoughts, behaviours, and our mind is very tricky and very complicated. So we've got to always be present. We've always got to be questioning ourselves. Is this, is this a thought, the past? Is it actually real? Where's the evidence to prove that? Um, you know, constantly on top of it always. So you've got to be conscious. And we're often, you know, being um, 95% of our, bra- our daily activity is in a subconscious state. So we've got to be constantly bringing ourselves back to a conscious state and that can be, you know, I find when I'm exercising, when I'm walking, meditating and or just journaling, it's like bringing myself right back to the now. And that's just simple. That's one simple trick, but it means you've got to do that every single day. Same goes to like when you go to the gym. You know, you don't go to the gym just to get a six-pack in one session. You go every couple of days, recover, go back, you not just doing that, but you're also doing other things in your life. For example, you can't just wish yourself or affirm, you know, affirm uh, that you've got an abundant relationship with money. You got to take physical action. You got to take inspired action. You got to look at okay, I need to tell my numbers where to go and what to do. I need to make sure that I know my numbers and that my fixed expenses are getting paid on an automatic, you know, automated system banking system that I'm paying myself my discretionary um, variable amounts and my savings and my investments are also being directed in the right sort of channels and consistently doing that. And what I always suggest is you do that, this, the cycle you're being paid. So if you get paid weekly, you do it weekly. If you get paid fortnightly, monthly, whatever that cycle is, you do that. Now, if you're self-employed, you've got to look at your cycles in that space as well, but there is a way, a method to do it. Um, as long as you've got your numbers, you know what your overheads are, it's it's almost the same kind of concept. But the point is you've got to be consistent. And every time you do that, even though it's a small little step, it is like that habit stacking. Um, we just every single week or every single fortnight, we're creating a new behavior, a new pattern, a new habit. And each time you do that, gamify you want to actually let that dopamine kick in and you celebrate and you do a little happy dance or you do an actual real dance or you high five someone you make it put it up on the wall on a post-it note and you show yourself that you've done it show yourself that evidence that you can do it so that when you're having that moment you open your bank account and you go oh sugar i'm just um i feel like i'm going backwards you can go no 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 Let's look at those transactions now. Let's go to look at that that wall. Look at what I've been putting away, even if it's a small amount, even if it's like five dollars, because that's all you can do right now. And it's the same when you're playing down a debt. Mm-hmm. One of the tricks I, uh, I I give my clients when they have debt is think about what that debt has done for you first. So if we get a credit card, for example, um, you know, often sort of the mentality is, "Ooh, we've got some free money for a while." We forget. Oh, that's right. The interest rate's going to kill me later. Mm-hmm. 
And when that is the time where it starts becoming hard to pay down because it's really, you know, it's that compound interest has gone against you, look at the statements where you have made those transactions like a, like a, a book of photos. And you see all the fun things or great things that that money's done for you. Even if it was in a time like say you took out the money to invest in a course, invest in yourself, or you took money out because you really wanted to have a holiday and you didn't have the savings for it. Now what we want to do is learn new new behaviours so that you don't fall down that trap. But while you're there, have that moment of going, well, I'm grateful that the bank trusted me with their money. I'm grateful that I can give that back plus plus that extra piece you know, that interest that I owe, instead of seeing it as a, a, it's dragging me backwards, it took me forward because I got an experience out of it. And so just reframing the language and behavior thought around money, that it's not something that's horrible, scary, causing you stress, well, that's a choice we make with it. We give our power, too much power to it. And it doesn't need to be that. We can look at it and go, is- it's a tool that I get to use mm-hmm. and how amazing is that? Now I've just got to sharpen that tool at just that little bit better and really get better at mm-hmm. managing that, you know, and that's the key thing. That's sort of, that's a space that I'm loving to work in. And that's, uh, I, I think that was super powerful what you just explained there because it could be as simple as, you know, okay, you bought a dress, but that dress got you to a party where you maybe you bet the love of your life and blah 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 you know to kind of reverse engineering what happened because of this you know so there's actually something to be grateful for versus just seeing the debt that is accumulating obviously um another thing that i've heard uh which was a really great advice is was um that it doesn't help to worry about you know the debt that you got or you can't pay the bills or stuff like that because Worry is just a negative thought and it's just going to bring more negativity, obviously. Absolutely. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I was at an event the other day um, and it was actually someone speaking on this new, you know, Web3 space, uh, you know, DeFi, crypto, all of that kind mm-hmm. of new world, uh, NFTs, all that stuff. And the most interesting thing he said, which just got me, and it's funny because the guy who was interviewing him was one of my students because I teach financial advisors and money mindset coaching now. And Mm -hmm. he looked at me as this guy turned around and said, you know, the thing is money is history. And I just went, oh, my God, it is. Because all of our experience of finance has been the past. So if we understand how time works and the fact that our subconscious doesn't actually know the difference of the past or the present, or reality, we can really manipulate our mindset to know that all those experiences we've had no longer really exist. They're not serving us. So why not change that and start dreaming bigger, thinking bigger, imagining what all of the possibilities are? I don't know if it was uh, James in one of our coaching calls that I'd had some time ago or somebody else, but or was it even Joe Dispenza? I don't know. I listen to a lot of these guys that are just fantastic with this, with these messages around mindset. And it was said that, you know, we wake, no, it was Joe Dispenza. We wake up in the morning and we go into autopilot and we go back to yesterday and the day before and the day before that and so on. When we could actually step out 
Mm. We even get out of bed on a different side or a different way and we can start thinking of the infinite possibilities that this day will have for us and not sit there going to do the exact same thing we did yesterday morning and the previous morning and the previous, but do something a little bit different, step out, look at the sky, look for new birds, look at and try and really test your mind further than what you're already expecting it to see. You know, we've got that reticular activating system, a filter that basically we're programmed on what's important to us. So start making other things, bigger things, greater ideas important to you. And that'll actually expand your opportunities, not just with money, but with all sorts of things in your life. So I went on a tangent then. Uh, That actually reminds me of (laughs) a... (laughs) <laughs> no, but that's I love. I love this <laughs> because it reminds me of a movie I saw on an airplane trip that I was uh, having this um, couple of weeks ago. Um, don't quite remember what it's called. Everything, everywhere, uh, something like that. Uh, but it basically takes the same point as you, where you basically, if you just make that one small shift or make that one decision differently, you'll just basically end up on a different timeline where you have these different types of knowledge that you didn't have before but in this movie you can actually tap into it obviously but it's just so interesting that just yeah like i said you know that small shift to get out of the bed on the other side than what you normally do and that can actually change your entire day just because of you did something else that it wasn't on autopilot yeah and and autopilot is again survival okay so our brains are designed to keep you safe and keep us alive so even though our, our existence might be quite shitty, excuse my language, and we keep bringing same scenarios, we might have a lot of drama around us because we grew up with drama. And even though we want to, we want to avoid it, we might even not be talking to family members, we'll bring in friends that do the same thing into our lives or we're kind of somehow creating. But we're doing that also with our decision-making and avoiding. And one of the biggest risks I see when it comes to those big decisions, it could be making a, you know, doing a launch, making the decision just to go for it, investing, you know, taking the trip, taking a little risk. The biggest regret is risk, is taking it on. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, is it that risky though? Is it, is a starting a business going to be that bad? Even you've got a, you've got a full time job, you're doing a side hustle. What's stopping you? Because I can tell you in a few years' time, if you don't do what your gut's telling you do, that's going to be the biggest risk. That's the regret risk. And that is actually dangerous when it comes to money. The biggest problem is people don't take action, don't do something, and they've missed all of these opportunities for growth. And it's the same with business. Like I I know with myself I've been sitting on the fence about launching this course for over three and a half years mm-hmm. because I had to get over myself. I had to do the work that I do with my right. clients yeah. on the mindset stuff for me in business, in actually going, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to have to put myself on social media on a regular basis talking about what I'm good at but not worrying about what anyone says, not worrying about criticism, not worrying about anything, just putting myself out there. And I had to really work hard on getting over myself, the fear of being seen, you know. We've got to come back down to part of the work we do is look at our core wounds, look at actually why, 
have I got that fear and how am I going to overcome it? You know, and it's, there's a, we, you know, there's a lot of work we've got to do personally to push forward. But the biggest hack for me now is just constantly tell yourself that we're in control. Like we are quite incredibly intelligent, energetic beings, but we're not even using our, the brain to its nearest capacity, let alone partial capacity. So if we actually understand that we've got to tame the beast and that's been controlling us and we've actually, you know, take a step back and go, wow, I've been making fi- making decisions, financial decisions, business decisions, life decisions based on child- childhood experiences as a 45-year-old and you go, hmm, that's a bit silly. <laughs> And you have a mm-hmm. laugh at yourself and then I can just get my stuff out there. <laughs> I just go, who cares? Who cares what people think of me? Because they're not the right people then. Mm-hmm. There's millions and millions and millions of people and what, trillions of people, billions of people, I don't know. I don't know the population. I did a little survey on the population just in Australia and if I broke that down to even less than 1%, I think it was 0.5%, I have a huge, very lucrative business. So if I can actually just talk to those tiny, mm-hmm. that's tiny of people, then I don't care what the rest of the world think because they're the ones that are caring to listen to me. I had to really work on that. And I'm a numbers person, so I had to look at the numbers to get my head around that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, but I I 100% agree with you. I mean, the most amount of work I've done in the past couple of years has been you know, the personal personal development space, I mean, the mindset and all that had, has nothing to do with business or anything like that because it's like you said, you know, we had to get out of your own way. Uh, and that is the hardest thing because the business stuff, that's just, you know, strategies. Mm. And we've seen people do them and they work and, you know, you just have to implement them. Uh, what kind of works for you? But man, getting over yourself, that's that's a whole different thing. How many times have you seen someone who has the workbook in front of them that they could simply implement? They've got the time, they've got the ability, but they don't implement it. They go and make a cup of tea. It's like, here's the blueprint. Here's the blueprint, yeah. And then they just go and make a cup of tea, then someone calls them. Then they've got, uh, oh, I've got to go and pick up the kids. Oh, no, I'll bring in the washing. Oh, no, it's okay. Um, I'll take on that work. I'll do this, I'll do that. And they're just avoiding and that's actually the work. It's that's where you've got to go. What, what's going on? Why am I not doing it when I've got the blueprint in front of me? And that doesn't have to be finance. It could be business. It could be, um, you know, anything. Yeah. We all know what it takes to lose weight and get, you know, get fit. So, you know, it's like, well, most of us go and join the gym, but half of them who, mem- who join up don't actually turn up. It's it's mm. all the same thing. And that is really got to do with our mindset in every area of our lives. So one thing I wanted to bring up as well is the greatest entrepreneurs, the greatest businessmen and women all do the work on themselves. I've never read an article or book about somebody who's been interviewed that they just got lucky. They all talk about how much work they've to do to do on themselves. They all usually have coaches, mentors, and other people, and they usually try not to be the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. And that's something we've all yeah, got to start. Absolutely, you know? there's nobody who just 
yeah yeah nobody just you know yeah i went out and did this follow the blueprint and boom i you know took me two months and i'm a millionaire yeah no (laughs) no that usually doesn't happen i mean there's exceptions obviously but still you know yeah and i love everything that you said about how everything is related to um our childhood experiences or traumas as you said um because that just affects us in so many different ways like you said you know you're four to five and still that comes back Mm -hmm. absolutely there's so much work to be done there yeah i mean some of it is um we can see as mindset coaches you can see it could be quite obvious in terms of relationships and patterns and things like that but sometimes it's um not so obvious from the relationship point of view but it's more about how we react or behave to stress or uh, experiences and that really comes to understand that our brains create stress hormones or dopamine and things like that that actually also affect um, decisions as well because we get addicted to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as, as I mentioned before, someone getting into relationships that cause more stress for them or into scenarios, it might not actually be relationship, it might be they find themselves in a business making decisions around business or get into a property that just turns to be a bucket shop because they constantly are attracting stress state situations. And that's simply because they experience stress state situations as children and that's their survival mechanism. And it's the saying that that old saying, you know, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, the angrier get angrier um, until we actually understand why we're in the cycle it's sort of you know what you know and that's actually the the, the key to it is why how am i in the cycle and how do i get out of it yeah and a lot of this stuff is so subconscious that we're i mean sometimes we got to dig deep to kind of um cover all of these traumas that we had yeah because they're buried so deep yeah, well, one of the things that... Um, is this something that you do with your clients, by the way? Oh, yeah, we we talk about, you know, we well, I don't exactly cover the core wounds. I kind of bring that up and then can give them an explanation mm-hmm. to understand what they why they behave that way with certain things and say, for example, we've just recognized that, you know, dad wasn't present all the time. They felt rejected. And so then when it comes to their behavior with money, they overcompensate with everyone and try to buy love or, you know, they'll shout all their mates all the time, that kind of thing. So you kind of can go, that behavior was mm-hmm. created because, and, and now you're overcompensating because of it. So you, there's a lot of work we do on that. Then there's the forgiveness work and there's the gratitude work. They're the two key things I find most powerful, in my opinion, Um Little other tools can be like tapping and affirmations, subliminal messaging. That all can be very helpful. But the the key thing is actually constantly looking for evidence that you're changing. That this is you're not. That's not your destiny. That's not your destination anymore. And looking to basically see if you haven't got that within you. Looking around to other people that you admire, that doing something that you want to be doing, and making sure that, you know, hey, if they can do that, they're proving that it can be done versus my story that it's impossible. 
just always looking for the evidence so that once you start seeing it, you can actually start doing it yourself. But it's about taking action. And that's been the, you know, that's a very challenging thing for so many people because taking action is stepping into fear. Fear's always going to show us where our blocks are. My biggest block has been around business and my biggest desire has been to grow my business. So I've been playing, uh, I've been doing this tango with myself for years. I've been stuck in a holding pattern. And another thing that I have uncovered, I work with a lot of women that are coming out of domestic violence situations that um, some of them have come from, you know, very high net wealth families. Um, Some have come from lower socioeconomic areas. It doesn't really matter. The narrative is very similar with all of these women. When we've been growing, when we were growing up in, you know, I was born in the 70s, 70s and 80s and the 60s, if you were looking at how a little girl's been raised versus how I've always been raised, we were told to be pretty, to be play nice, little girls are nice. One day you're going to get married. You're going to have a you're going to have a beautiful wedding. And um, and our books, our stories, our entertainment was about the prince charming coming to rescue his princess. Now that is actually a message yeah. that's a subliminal con- subconscious cultural message, not just for you know people like myself, but this is this has been like all over the world that has really affected women's, uh, they've got this sort of skewed idea that somehow, even though they know logically that they've got to be in control of their finances, someone's going to come in and rescue them. Somehow they're going to be handed over Mm. money or some amazing person's going to come into their lives and look after them. And because of this, many women go into relationships. It doesn't mean um, it's not even just saying heteronym in any kind of relationship and they can give their power away because they've got this level of trust that they're going to be looked after. Now with me, I recognise that, well, first of all, I had to work it out financially. I was a single mum when I started my business back in 2013 and I just had this fire in my belly that I was, this was what I was going to do and I, I, I wanted to be the supporter. And while I was married in my previous marriage, um, I was still sort of matching my husband's income even though I was working part-time because I was in finance and he wasn't. But I learned that no one was rescuing me that very in the hardest possible way. Starting a business as a single mom with, with no client base was just really insane. And I literally had walked out of the firm in, um, in town and just told them to get stuffed basically. Um, And so I was quite angry, but I walked out of a firm where I was at least getting some income to no income. But it was it's taken me years to understand that although I've been in charge of myself financially, that hidden message of someone coming in and rescuing me was in my business. So I kept thinking I would sign up to courses and constantly learn I'm trying to learn how to do something on social media and this and that and I would procrastinate and just hope that somebody would want to collaborate with me someone would want to partner with me in some way and that that would sort of mm-hmm. I would just jump on their coattails I, I'm only uh, being honest and admitting this very recently to one because it's gone I've had to do the work and go why is it taking me this long to get here and when I uncover this narrative that I see in other women, I had to be honest with myself and say, 
how does that show up in your life? And it showed up in my business because I could do it in finance. I could do it running my household and friendships and everything. This was the area that I had to really face my fears and get over myself. And in doing that, no, the excuse of someone looking is going to look to come in and look after me, take over or, you know, help run things was actually not the reality. It's not going to happen. So just get on with it and do mm-hmm. it. That is uh, quite a powerful realization. I mean, I, I mean, basically no one is coming to save you regardless, but you know, you, you, you got to do it yourself. You got to do the work yourself. It's really that simple. Absolutely. But yeah, I can imagine. I'm a Star Wars a fan. Living in that <laughs> subconscious. <laughs> I'm a Star Wars Great. fan and I'm I glad love you didn't Princess say Star Trek. Leia and I have this <laughs> top that I wear and I take it to the gym and it's like, um, you know, it's just her, her uh, uh, silhouette and then the writing's across. I don't need rescuing. And I'm like, I wear that like a badge of honor. And it's like, but until recently, a part of me still felt that I did, you know? And it's like, we really get to that point where we go, now I'm powerful because once I work that out, I don't need rescuing and it's all within me. Yeah. That's the, that's the key. We're always looking for that shiny new object, that all the distractions. We've got to start looking within because the shiny object's here. Mm-hmm. It's the beacon of light that we all hold within ourselves. But trust me, it's been a long like, journey. I, otherwise, it would be, as I said, I'd be on top of my mountain yeah. with trillions of dollars and you know, like a fairy godmother with winding, you know, just throwing a wand around. It it hasn't happened. <laughs> But I know that now that I've gotten through that process, I'm starting to to reap the rewards. I've, I, my business has gone from strength to strength to strength. I won an award on female excellence of advice for my, you know, in the country, like the best advice, female advisor now. That's because I had to get over myself, and now mm-hmm. it's starting to pay off as soon as you get over yourself. Exactly, and you've got to keep working on that. Yeah. Because that that Obviously, that, that ego, but... that mind, all of the shadow work, it's just going to keep playing. It's going to try to keep you safe. So you've got to keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we're kind of seeing a shift with uh, just women being powerful enough to you know, save themselves. I mean, we see this in movies much more today than we did you know, just 10 years ago. Where basically there was no female lead parts that was like the kick-ass, badass woman who's saving the day, basically. But we see that much more today than we did before. And I'm so glad because I have a daughter and I would love nothing more than for her to grow up, be this independent, strong woman who can lead you know, a team or a business or whatever and just have a massive impact on this world. But mm. you know, had, had that been 20 years ago, that probably... Would have been less chance for that. Absolutely. Well, I did a reel today because I'm a bit ahead of you because I'm in Australia, so it's Halloween. And <laughs> You're living in the future. <laughs> yeah, I'm ahead. <laughs> um, and I dressed my toddler in, um, uh, you know, superhero suit. So she was a. Uh, I thought mm-hmm. she was Miss Marvel, but she was actually um, Wonder Woman. It's just because they've up they've updated the Wonder Woman outfit. So I kind of and I was watching 
uh, sorry, Captain Marvel, shall I say? I was watching Captain Marvel last night. So in my head, yeah. I was dressing her as Captain Marvel. And I was so proud of it because I was thinking, you know what? All of these amazing characters are coming through Disney. We, we watch Disney Plus app. That's probably our favorite app for the kids. And they're from diverse cultures and we've got a whole range of female heroes coming through and they're not being rescued, but they're the rescuers. They're the heroes within themselves. And I love that that's a message that our kids are getting to, you know, embrace. Whereas, you know, as I stated before, the messaging we had was very different. You know, uh, we had the little mermaid just waiting for the prince to get us or Cinderella, you know, very different a very different narrative, which is really cool because, you know, I grew up also going, I want to be like Princess Leia, you know, I don't need rescuing. But I was also the very confused, you know, concept of what a princess looked like because every every other princess was was not a superhero, was not that hero, not, you know, uh, in the rebellion Mm -hmm. (laughs) doing doing her thing. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) I can go on another tangent on Star Wars. (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh, this is not the conversation i expected so but this is great i love it <laughs> well i often say the force is within you 100 100 yeah um but if we were to look a little bit at the logic side of that you mentioned that you you like to know your numbers and stuff like that um obviously that plays a part in you know people making um the right decisions when it comes to financial stuff um how do you do with that? Sorry, I missed the beginning of that question. Mindset stuff. Um, that you know your numbers. Oh, yeah. You like to know your numbers. Um, and that plays a huge role in, you know, making good financial decisions. Yeah, there's a... So how do you combine those with the mindset? Yeah, okay. The, as I said, when, when you kind of understand your relationship with money, you usually... Um, most people that come to me when they're... They don't have the most positive relationship with money. Their their finances are all over the shop. It's a bit of a bucket shop, basically. So understanding your numbers is basically looking at, again, the history. Your numbers are like money's history. Looking at the past, looking at what what your actual expenses are, and then giving them structure and directing them. Is that saying uh, if you don't tell your money what to do, it will leave? And that's basically this saying I live by with my clients. If you're not telling it your money where to go and what to do, it will leave. So if you're really strategic about that, knowing your numbers is the key thing. It, it tells you the story. It tells you the history. It can help you then reframe again. Okay, well, that didn't work. I've just got to make an adjustment here. Or um, in more, more of a positive side is when you when things are starting to work, uh, say you've cleared a debt, now you've got extra money to work with to start building onto your investments or to build into your financial future or your retirement savings. So it's about then seeing money as the tool, but you've got to know those numbers first before you can direct them. You know, that's basically the key thing. When I know we've got the same kind of training when it comes to, you know, when we've got our strategy and our launch and how we're considering maybe what's going to be working um, if we're purchase, buying ads or what, you know, with, a, with that kind of thing. That's the same concept in that respect. What's actually coming through the door 
in terms of our income, in terms of the, the launch outcome is almost the same as what we're creating coming in into our um, as income, but also what we're then creating into our investments or to clearing our debt. You know, it's all basically direct, giving it direction for the actual outcome, that strategy and what that strategy will look like. So the goal might be that you want to retire early. You don't want to wait till you're in your mid to late 60s and you want to retire in 10 years. Okay, well, you'll need a serious investment strategy. You'll need to create passive income. Mm -hmm. So let's work on that. So what have you got right now that's coming in the door? What are your fixed expenses? So if you've got a mortgage or you've got rent to pay, you've got the bills, the overheads, all of those things that you are committed to that you can't not pay, they get sorted out as well as now we've got to move a portion of that money into paying yourself to make that goal a reality. But you've got to know those numbers to actually make that happen. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, before we wrap up here, is there anything that you feel like we did not mention, did not talk about that you want to mention? No, I think um, I think we covered a lot. I guess I, I'm a bit of a chatterbox. <laughs> even though it's late at night for me, Um, especially when I get to talk about what I'm passionate about and mindset is definitely, and finance. They're two key things that I love to to talk about. But I think with mindset, as I mentioned before, if no matter what it is that you want, whatever goal it is, if it is actually launching a course or even just starting a business or just starting an investment strategy, like even micro investing just starting to do the roundups and say put away ten dollars and dollar cost average in a, into an etf just to start simple but start small and stick to it and mm. don't give up because it takes years the thing is most people give up between the first five years with business or with investing and it's usually around seven and eight and nine years that you start to go up that scale and then when you pass that 10 years all of a sudden especially in the investment world of compound interest it just goes up and skyrockets and that's usually what happens with business as well we we start to take off all of that Mm. extra work all the relationships you've developed the client base that you've got that all compounds they start talking about what you're doing um, you know, your your colleagues in your industry start noticing that you're still around and you're still doing a great job and that's admirable. And then it just crescendos and goes bang. So stick to it is my advice. And really question anytime you've got that sense of fear or avoidance, usually it's caused by fear anyway, then you've got some level of block and really do some digging because as soon as you do that, you'll free yourself to move forward. That's my advice. <laughs> there I go. On my band wagon. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Um, so how can people get in touch with you, work with you? Um, sorry, I had a big sip of water then. I have a website called Sensibility, C-E-N-T-S, Ability, uh, .net.au, or actually a podcast called Sensibility. I'm on Instagram as sensible underscore Amy with an I, A-M-I-E. Um, so I'll send you all my links. Uh, you'll find me on LinkedIn. I've just started to play in the space of TikTok. I will get better at that. Um, I've just hired a couple of really cool editors that work with me so that they're editing all my podcasts. So you'll see more reels and more snippets around my message. So if you liked what I was talking about today, 
I talk about this a lot. Um, and uh, as well as financial literacy, I talk about, you know, obviously money management side of things as well. So if you like, please do follow. Um, yeah. And make yourself known. Tell me what kind of content you want to hear. Yeah. That kind of thing. I'm always open for suggestions. Awesome. We'll link up everything in the show notes so people have something to click on. And um, I just want to say thank you because this was a really interesting conversation uh, and not what I expected. So <laughs> great. Awesome. Thank I'm, you. Glad I, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.